it's that time again it's time for another podcast i'm ryan i'm james i'm scott and i'm sean and today we're going to be chatting around franchises that kind of fell apart and then we have something special for you guys at the end so why don't you take us away james oh you got me so fan franchises that fell apart for me there's one that really stands out because it happened twice is it bumblebee no it's not bumblebee it's <laughs> that's not a franchise that's just one film um it's the x-men because we have two separate sort of series we've got the first we've got the original trilogy which started well and even the second one i think the second one was quite good yeah, i think so the, the second one, one is normally regarded as the best one yeah i was gonna say that and then the third one it's sort of all fell my apart. favorite the, the oh, third yeah. one is still is still quite good though. Like as a as a trilogy, if if you were to like like you said, there's two kind of there's like a soft reboot. If you were to take the first trilogy, that is still a decent set of films even by it's, today's superhero standards. It's certainly better than what happened afterwards because then you have you have First Class, which I think is a really good film, and I th- I'm pretty sure it's quite well regarded. Like, yes, I believe that's true. I th- yeah, the f- First Class is considered. Uh, the best obviously of the the next three but i think everybody was really excited because you know it had such a strong start all the characters were quite likable and then yeah the cast was so good um so you had jennifer lawrence you had james mcavoy and you had michael fassbender and isn't kevin bacon in the first one yes he is he's he's the main bad guy he's the villain yeah yeah and you've got like nicholas holt as well you've got you've got a great cast in that and then the next film, that was Days of Future Past, wasn't it? And that sort of tied the both of the timelines together. And that was, it was, story-wise, it was a little messy, but I think it was quite a good film. And then you go to Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, and those films are shockingly bad. Has everyone seen the final film? I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. A final film being Dark yeah. Phoenix? Yes. Yes, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I've, yeah, we've seen Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And it's... I mean, yeah, it's a mess, isn't it? I which remember... is, uh, Go on. It's really, it's just really for that franchise with such a great cast and such a great start to it, for it just to really just fall so flat. It's quite remarkable how badly they sort of messed it up. I remember, um, you know, when the cast have to do the, just like the contractual promo, um, that, that they were like, oh yeah, we really enjoyed doing da 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 da. Yeah. I remember seeing a load of that like hype come over like these YouTube snips and clips, and then uh, after the film actually aired, and then and then they were no longer contractually, you know, contractually obliged to be kind to it. They were just kind of like, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was a messy, <laughs> just didn't work. It's for me like I I did not like Dark Phoenix, but I really didn't like Apocalypse. Like that whole the whole end scene where it's just like a mess of CGI. And they just like he, um, it's like the whole thing of like the the Professor X losing his hair is through this like weird thing that he's doing with Apocalypse. It's like why can't he just be bald? Like why do you have to have a like a like a deep plot meaning for everything? Oh yeah, it's almost like they were trying too hard. It really was. They were trying to connect the dots. I think like trying to trying to go back whilst being in the present, and that just it got really messy. Yeah, that this apocalypse was not an interesting villain, and it just got really over the top, and it kind of lost touch with the things that made, especially that series, good. And yeah, that was a dreadfully boring film, which is amazing to achieve when you've got a film full of superpowered mutants and these what should be really incredible action scenes, and it's just dull. What well, What are your thoughts on the X Men? Well, the but both franchises. Uh... Scholar, how, how do you feel about them? I like, yeah, I, the same, I guess. I like the first five. Um, I don't especially like Apocalypse. I can't remember anything about Dark Phoenix at all. Yeah, it's um, like, the only thing I really remember about it is the end, the end train scene, but just because it was really strange and it kind of didn't make much sense to the plot. But apparently that was literally just because originally it was going to be a end scene in space. It was going to be, they were going to go fight in space with, obviously dark phoenix's powers but because captain marvel had just come out and they had a like a fight scene in space which can be quite similar they kind of re-edited it and changed like changed the entire ending and it was just 
all over the place. They must have done that really late then. They did, yeah. It was like a lot of reshoots, I think. So would you not? So, would you count like the Wolverine films as like separate from the main X Men films? Oh, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, because there's yeah, some I shocking would, yeah. Wolverine films. Yeah, I like I like the first. What was it? What is it? X Men Wolverine Origins or something? The first one. The one with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. To be fair, without that, we wouldn't have Deadpool. You can't knock that. But you can knock the rest of the film. I thought I thought the first the first Wolverine was all right. Like it has some good moments. What was it? the second one? Was it the samurai one? Yeah, I didn't yep. see that. That was terrible. Um, but the final Wolverine film, Logan, ah, oh, it just blows them all out of the water, doesn't it? Yeah, well, because I... they went for a totally different style. I mean, yeah, it wasn't all it wasn't all about the showy effects, the special powers. It was all about the characters and their relationships. But Logan feels disconnected from all of those completely because it just feels like the yeah, tone look... is totally different. Yeah, Logan could be a standalone film, yeah. totally out, out of the X Men universe. I think it technically is. I don't think it connects perfectly with the whole series. I think it is supposed to be like an alternate universe sort of deal. Well, the the three Wolverine films are supposed to be their own, like their own contained thing. So, if you were to, if you're considering it as like a trilogy, Logan is very definitively the end of Wolverine. If you were to want to watch Logan, say you've never seen any of the other X Men films, you'd want to at least watch like Wolverine or something, just to get the kind of characters a bit of insight into the character. The most ironic thing actually is, um, so Scott will probably be with me with this on this one. When I watch Logan, uh, it has so many kind of nods, I think, to the kind of story that. Uh, so like the setting of um, like how the last of us felt with like Ellie and Joel like do you not think Scott yeah because like, like I said earlier the Logan was such a special film so different because it explored the relationships between the characters rather than just through a load of CGI at you so are we are we saying watch the original trilogy then if you want more go to the spin-off trilogy of Wolverine. You could watch the first, you watch the original trilogy, watch Logan as well. You don't think you need to watch the uh, the other two Wolverine films. But even though the Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix were not good films and they're really not very enjoyable and they're kind of basically just a waste of time going into them, you can still watch First Class and really enjoy it as a, as a lot, sort of a standalone story. And Days of Future's Past also I think works alone. It doesn't, they kind of, follows on those stories follow on but at the same time it doesn't it's not it doesn't end on a cliffhanger to close this segment off then would you say we recommend at final boss to watch the original trilogy the soft reboot of uh first class days of future past and then end it all by watching logan so oh, you yeah, have a sure. six film yes. saga yeah you yes. want to end it on logan you want to end it on the high so and i think that's us now done with the x-men films i'm gonna throw the baton to the scholar what have you got for us how about the terminator series oh that's a good oh yeah so it starts with the first film which is fantastic and then they make one of the best sequels ever is it the best sequel ever because that's very arguable and then um they waited ages for number three and number four and number five and i don't think any of them were very good which one is dark fate which number is that that might be number six six. which um (laughs) i think was better than three four and five yeah i quite enjoyed it i know that it didn't get too well well received Uh, that really annoyed me yeah it because no nobody saw it nobody nobody cared because they just watered down the series so much in the years leading up till dark fate um so so just touching on a point that um sean said so the reason there was such kind of like a a disconnect and a gap say between two and six so james cameron actually lost the rights to terminator after terminator 2 and they only reverted back to him like a couple of years ago which is where we see dark fate and that's why it continues his his kind of uh series um that being his third film because like probably all of you know he publicly you know stated that you should disregard everything after terminator 2 then this is a direct sequel to terminator 2 
Um, so that's why we kind of have a mishmash in between all of that mess. They should pretty much just be written out of the history books. I mean, I know they're a bit messy, but would you agree that there are some good moments to those? Was it Terminator Three? What's what's that yeah. one, Christian Bale? Is that Salvation or Genesis? I can't remember what way around it. Salvation, yeah. Genesis is the one with the chick from um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's it. I thought the credits rolling were pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've got to be honest. I I haven't seen Terminator 3. I've seen Salvation, but it was incredibly forgettable because the only scene I can remember was, I'm pretty sure it was Christian Bale fighting Arnold in, it was like some sort of, it was like a different version of the Terminator. He was like naked and he was like walking around a room some. I think you're, thi- I I think you're thinking of the porno, mate. Oh, that... uh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of his dreams one night. It was. Yeah. It was... <laughs> it was a... That's why I remember it so fondly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if you if you, if you just to take, what, three, Salvation and Genesis, I think Salvation was the only one of the three that actually tried to do something different because it, it went all the way into kind of that future where John Connor was supposed to be the uh the savior and stuff and it it tried to kind of tell that that story more where the machines had taken over so that was the only one that really did anything different but yeah again although it made bank it was still panned did you hear about the alternate ending to salvation actually it was it was actually really dark no so i don't think they filmed it but um so christian so you know when christian bell gets stabbed and he's basically going to die so I think Sam Worthington's character, because you know how he kind of has that realization, oh, I'm a Terminator, da 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 da. Um, so he actually takes uh, the skin of Christian Bell's character, and they like kind of they kind of reskin him, and then the it ends kind of with his eyes going red, like that's how the credits kind of roll. That he is um, now the leader, because um obviously he's now connor and he's actually now a terminator and that's kind of how the credits were supposed to roll but they thought the ending was too dark so they changed it that would have been a far more interesting ending if they could have sorted out if they could have made the previous two hours better to go with it we'd have had a good film it's one of those things it's amazing again like how do they make it so bad when you with all the source material they've got and the and where they can go with it. And how do they make such forgettable films? It's also the people that are in it. Like, um, you know, Christian Bell's character. So his, he was supposed to play Sam Worthington's character. And the John Connor character was supposed to be like a much smaller part. But he wanted, he made, he like, he like demanded major script changes. So his character, his, his role got beefed way up. And obviously Sam Worthington played the I don't know, skin terminator, whatever you want to call him. But it's the same actually, uh, in other franchises. There's so many I know I know we've touched on it before about movie studios ruining uh like interfering with a director's vision. But is there's an there's an equal case to be made against a direct uh, um an A lister who's got too much star power and can actually demand script changes and even rewrite them. Like was it Ed- Edward Norton's like Edward Norton? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was literally as soon as you uh, as soon as you said then about A-listers demanding changes, he was the first name that popped in my head. I don't know this. I don't what know was this that for? story. Uh, not not no specific story, but Edward Norton is um, notorious for being demanding behind the scenes. Yeah, getting actors fired, scripts changed. It's the reason he, he hasn't been in a lot of films because he's incredibly difficult to work with. Because he was originally uh, the Hulk, wasn't he? Yeah, that's one of the yes, reasons I believe he lost the role. Yeah, I think he actually, I think I actually read that he turned up on set one day with four pages of script material he'd written the day before and said, this is better, we're using this. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's why, because he, well, his most famous role is probably, again, um, alongside uh, Brad Pitt in Fight Club, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And then he hasn't really been in a great deal since the Hulk, so I think you can kind of see where that went. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame because he is a good actor. It's just He's a shame. He was, yeah, it's just a shame he wasn't a good person to go with it. Yeah, I, was, I always like seeing him on screen. So when I heard that he was a douchebag, I was like, oh no. So we've kind of gone off on a tangent. Are we? Are we closing off Terminator and moving on to 
Yeah. Something else. Okay, so I've I've got one. While we're on A-listers that are destroying films, did you hear about you know the reboot of the Mummy with Tom Cruise? I haven't seen it. No, I, I've I've yeah I've I've seen the film. So I've seen the trailers. I feel like I've seen the film. So there was there was an entire um, cinematic kind of universe planned around that launching, um, like because it's based on the comics, isn't it? It was supposed to be based around that entire um, thing. Monsters you know? universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, when they got Tom Cruise on board, they they were kind of using him as the vehicle to kind of get it where you know they wanted it to be and kind of uh, making bank because. I think Tom Cruise was at, at the point where he could almost do no wrong with his films. Like he had loads of smash hits with the Mission Impossible. It's coming off like a hot streak, and I think one of these, um, like in his contracts, he had producing credits, but he also had um, ultimate say in the creative direction of the entire film, and that's why it was such a mess. Yeah, but it's Tom Cruise, and he'll do crazy promo stuff that no one else is going to do. He'll do some sort of wacky. I think for that film, didn't he do like a like he did zero gravity training, and they filmed this really expensive scene. It's like in the movie for like three seconds. To be honest, I can't. I can't remember when I've watched it once. <laughs> it was awful. I remember. Isn't isn't Ben Affleck in that film? Oh. Russell Crowe's in it, I believe. Russell Crowe, that's what I'm thinking of, yes. That... Yeah, didn't he play uh, Dr. Jekyll? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember and, that, yeah. And that was, well, that was set that whole... then for the universe. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. That, that, this was their second attempt, wasn't it? Because originally yes, they were the... trying to set up with Dracula. <laughs> yeah, with um, Luke Evans, is, it? is his name? Yeah, and Charles Dance. Actor. We actually saw that in the cinema together, James. Yes, we did. It wasn't it's... a bad film, though, was it? I don't remember it being a good film. <laughs> well, I actually didn't mind. I watched it a couple of weeks back. I think it was on Netflix. Well, he was screaming in his seat. It was like, oh, the vampires. <laughs> Very scary. Like, he's used to these, like, really tame Twilight vampires. And when he saw, like, these these next-gen killer things, he just, he just wasn't having any of it. He missed the sparkle. If they don't sparkle, then they're not even vampires. <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should uh, pass the baton now to Scott because we've all done one. No, no, don't be passing it to me. So we're I've, got, I've got a good one. I've got a good one, though. It started as very good, and it got absolutely diabolical, right? Is it, is it Star Wars? It's part of the Caribbean. Oh, no. Let's do Star Wars. Oh. You can't do Star Wars. We can, because it ended horrifically. It did not I think, end horrifically. I think Pirates of the Caribbean ended way worse. But it hasn't ended, though. They're still churning them out, whereas Star Wars is yeah, but pretty much... Oh, they rebooted Star Wars. Pirates Star Wars of the Caribbean. finished. Oh man, it's, it's, it's done. It's, it's in the ground. No, no, the, the, the current saga of Star Wars is done, and the current era. Okay, Star but, Wars so, itself isn't done. Can we have a vote here? What, which started better and then got worse? Because it's definitely Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. Star you Wars don't ended. Know? Like, I mean, there is only so many people who will say, I watched Star Wars and I only enjoyed it because I was on crack. And that's a direct quote from our James Spear down there. Look, but to be fair, I did watch I it recently. I like Star Wars. <laughs> I, I watched it recently, right? And I, and I sat through the whole thing. Whereas I started watching that one with Effie from Skins, right? The whatever one that is. Um, and I just couldn't even, I couldn't even sit through it. It was absolutely just... I can't... It's, words cannot describe how bad that film was. You're, you're now you referring it? to Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah, for sure. Which one is it? It's, um, it's the one with... Have, I can't. It's where he's is like it, young for a bit. Is yeah. He's um. He's doing oh, the bank robbery at the beginning, isn't he? Yeah. It's like Stranger Tides. No, that's not it. It's um. He does the bank robbery. Salazar Revenge. There we go. That's it. Salazar's Revenge. And that that whole bank scene was just. It made me kind of sick. That was just. It was just so bad, and I'm just like from the start that they had with this franchise, and the first one being what it is, and you get to this like Jack Sparrow started as this amazing character, and he's just become this colossal joke hey, hey, like, hey, hey. Like, I, don't, I don't agree with that because you've seen the last one you've seen Salazar's Revenge he he basically wasn't even in that movie he he was just he was he was around but it, the focal points weren't about his character like the other ones yeah, had been yeah but when he's in the film like he is supposed he's not supposed to be the main character like he's supposed to be the supporting jokey character in the side right but like when he's in the film 
when he's on screen, you just it's just cringy. You just don't want him to be there anymore. You just want him to leave because he's just gone from being this kind of quirky, like dangerous pirate, just being this kind of slimy greaseful that he don't want anywhere near you. Okay, let me let me put it to you this way. So if Salazar's Revenge had come out, would you have watched it if Johnny Depp wasn't in the film at all? Yeah, probably because it's it's got the Pirates of the Caribbean name on it. Yeah, but like you've seen that film. Just rem- imagine the entire film without him in it now. Because it, like, it it works without him in it, but can you see like there's just a massive hole of there was no A-listers in it. No, I th- yeah, but I think that if you, I think it would have been a better film without him because his jokes in there. Because I, I I struggle to remember this film because I did really really hate it. But I'm pretty sure there's a, I'm pretty sure there's a scene where he's going to be executed or something along those lines, like a cl- like classic Jack Sparrow, and. The way that it ends is just like it's really kind of slapstick comedy. He was like, he was a, he was along for the ride. I completely give you that. Um, I remember I I do remember it being cringy as well. Like I'll give you that as well. He 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 didn't seem to want to be there, and his character was supposed to, was like drunk throughout the entire movie, so he was just falling over and. Are we doing... fairly are we fairly certain that Johnny Depp was just drunk as well? Well, ironically, this was around the time. I'm sure you've seen all the news recently, but um, he, this was that around the time when do you remember his accountant's like really screwed him over and he lost all of his money basically in back taxes. So I think he, I think he got paid like eighty million just for doing that role. So I think he was literally in it just for the paycheck. Oh well, you would be for eighty million, wouldn't you? I'd do it for eighty million, sure. <laughs> I do it for less. <laughs> oh, seventy, yeah, seventy-five million. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, who can do it? Who can do it for the least? Just give me one million. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be in it. Oh, no, no way. I'm seventy million at the lowest. Come on, that was an embarrassing film. That was embarrassing. The uh, did you hear about the all the controversy like right at the beginning when they were filming the first Pirates of the Caribbean? No. So when dish, dish. when they <laughs> when they cast old Johnny D, he you know the kind of the quirky like a bit weird Jack Sparrow that he portrays. So none of that was scripted and he almost got fired for acting that way. The directors were getting really annoyed at him. They didn't understand what he was trying to do in conveying the character that way because he was supposed to be more of a hero kind of... Like, have you seen Sleepy Hollow? Yes. Like, I think he was supposed to be more like he was in that film, more, more of a leading kind of man where uh he he was a specific purpose but like in in the pirates of the caribbean obviously we never know what jack's really doing we never know what he's really planning or thinking and so he completely kind of did all of that on the fly and he almost got fired i think on the third day of filming oh can you imagine what pirates of the caribbean as a series would be if without jack sparrow it, it, wouldn't, it, would be. it wouldn't be the same he is a strong character i mean how he did the character was fantastic but i think the right didn't let him down yeah, he's a very he's... memorable character. If somebody says Jack Sparrow, you instantly know. Yes, and he did like through those, even through the the later part of the trilogy. So like, which was the last one? Was that Stranger Times? Salazar's Revenge. Stop saying Stranger Times. No, no, Ties. of the trilogy, of the trilogy, the trilogy uh, at World's End. At World's End. Um, yeah. Um, so again, like they get progressively worse, but through those three of the originals, he was still a good character. Like he kind of. There's that. There's a lot of kind of silly scenes in it, but he does carry them off quite well because he's. But it's just I think as it's gone on, they've just got wackier and wackier to the point that it's become a bit of a joke. I like I like the fourth one as well. That ironically, strange ties, James. Um, oh, that's it. I knew there was one. <laughs> you know the one with Blackbeard. Like I, yeah, I really, was... I really like that character. He was awesome. I yeah, I can't agree with you there, but. <laughs> I, I do. I like. I have a soft spot for the for the original trilogy. I do. I know that they do kind of they kind of fell off a cliff a little bit and people don't enjoy them as much as the first one, but I do have a soft spot for them. But I, a lot of that goodwill evaporated when they came around to Stranger Tide and they got rid of, because that's when, they, that's kind of when they got rid of the main cast. And they Ian McShane. Just... Yeah. Ian McShane was in it. That, that was Blackbeard. Yeah, how can you say that that was bad with Ian McShane's Blackbeard? Um, cause it was, but, but it wasn't. that's when, but that's when, um, that is really when they took, Sparrow from being the supporting character, the kind of quirkiness on the side, to being more of a focal point, and I think that's when it became way too much. It's like, I, it's like with the minions. Like, are you like the minions have become this huge sort of cultural thing, 
and then they become a focal point and then it's just become irritating it's gone from being these kind of cute quirky little things to being like oh god i hate the minions now but it, it's not entirely the it's not entirely the um so like the series kind of burning itself out because yeah i completely agree that when he wasn't like supposed to be the leading man when he was part of like the trio wait what was it uh with Kira Knightley and um, Orlando Bloom. Yeah, Orlando Bloom. They, they th- the three kind of worked together quite well. And then introducing Jeffrey Rush in the later films, they were very, they were all very good together. Um, and then when you got rid of Kira Knightley's dynamic with, you know, as being like the girl in between Jack and Orlando's character, it was kind of like the there was a bit of quirkiness that was just completely missing. And they tried to make him the focal character in the fourth one so james really disliked the fourth film for for uh, unknown reasons but the it kira knightley didn't want to be in them after the third one so she was just written out that's why you don't see her again it's, there's a post-credit scene actually isn't there no you do see it again at the end of uh salazar's revenge is it yeah the it's post-credits she's right at the end but yeah, it yeah. is right at the end it's not post-credits but it's right at the end. She, she just didn't yeah, want to be in it Yeah, it's because um, Orlando Bloom's son is trying to free him from his curse. And then they reunite right at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, I think... You know, if you, if you were to take The Fast and Furious, which is kind of... What are they on, like 9 or 19 or whatever now? So, because Fast and Furious 20 is coming out next year. Uh, they've kind of just evolved 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 i'm just doing these more crazy crazier things with the same people not 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 really anyone is is really dying you know in the film obviously people died died in the real in the real world but in the film they're actually bringing people back to life with with han coming back and things like that so they're doing the exact opposite of what pirates have done and they're just completely plowing on with yeah let's bring this guy back to life yeah let's do this let's do that and they just love it but I think with the Fast and the Furious films, the way the thing that is, they they do sort of work because they've just changed their dynamic. Whereas with the Pirates films, they're still trying to do the same thing and follow the same sort of themes as the original three. And they really should have just stopped doing it. They really just like. Well, they're talking about rebooting it again, aren't they? They yeah, are because rebooting it with them, Margot Robbie. But it's a, it's it's just a it just seems like it's just what well, it just seems like it is it's just a money grab thing it's just like it's a brand that's recognizable so let's just punch out a film because it'll make bank like these don't seem like films that they've put actual effort into coming up with a decent story or ideas they've literally just gone like it's like oh it's a pirate film okay we'll put blackbeard in it and you know it's just i, I think i think that whole blackbeard thing could have been broken out there was enough interesting material there to break it out into two films and do it a bit differently i think that would have made it a bit better but trying to cram so much into it really sank the film because there's a lot. Way. There's a lot in that. <laughs> and uh, it's a lot to condense into a one film kind of sitting. So m- maybe maybe they just went the wrong way about it after the trilogy and that's what's kind of killed it now. What I'd like to see is, yeah, literally, if they want to do something, I'd like to like do something new and reboot it. I'd like to see it like go really dark. Like, it's because, Disney though. It's, yeah, but, it's not going to happen. I know, but you can. Like, you could do it, right? You could just slap a, a sticker on it that's like a bit higher. But like, I think that that would be really interesting, wouldn't it? To see a Pirates of the Caribbean that's actually kind of properly piratey and they're not like kind of jovial. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean that's piratey. Pirate, yeah, that's the name of it. Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's piratey. <laughs> piratey of the Caribbean. Yeah, you know, they're not. The pirates aren't heroes. You know, they're what pirates actually were, which were not very nice people. It's a pirate's life for you, James. Given the fact that they've cast Margot Robbie, though, as one of the lead roles, do you think it's going to go dark? Yeah. Given the roles that she played previously? It can't. Honest, like, um, like, yeah. what, what's pirates? Like, they suck a 12, isn't it? A 12 rating. I wouldn't be surprised if the next one was PG and they use plastic swords. Yeah, I mean, go, why, if we're going to go the other direction, why not go for, yeah, full, like, give it a U rating and it's just, like, really... It's like a little kids tv show let, like let's captain just, pogwash let, let's just let's, go spongebob will make an appearance oh amazing yeah let's do that so ending our rambling segment of everything that's bad especially bumblebee we're now moving on to uh the 
a recent, very recent in the in the eyes of uh, of the gaming community at least, the Halo franchise. We finally got to see what Microsoft and 343 have been working on over the last five years with Halo Infinite. And our resident scholar has all the juicy details. <laughs> I really don't have any juicy details, Ryan. Start there again. <laughs> so I, for one, was not particularly excited by this because, like, when you come, like, the seat, like, the trailer is, he comes out and immediately he's just shooting some grunts and he's jumping around a bit and then he like loads the map up and it's supposed to, like, it feels like it's supposed to be like, wow, it's open world. And you're like, yeah, that would be really interesting if it's like 2004, but it's not. So it just, it looks very samey to me. And I'm what, just like. What did you take from the trailer, Sean? I thought it looked like the same as most game trailers. Like there's a guy, there's some shooting, <laughs> there's some like on screen, like. I don't know, like controls and stuff. He makes a good point there because if you would take the Halo name away from that, that's all you've got is a basic generic shooter. You do. And it's that's the that's the thing. We were talking about this on the last episode. We were saying like if they're gonna bring it back, they have to bring it back with something different. It's gotta kind of break the mold of Halo because they keep just remaking the same sort of game and it's just like it's really sort of started to flop. And it doesn't look like they're bringing us anything that new it's just like he in the trailer like walks out and he's kind of looking around the world it's like it, it feels like it's supposed to be like grand and amazing and it just it just looks the same and there's nothing really exciting in what they teased us and after we waited so long for this it's just a real just like so um yeah i agree with james there was there was lots not to like about that trailer um and you know, one of the things people have complained about a lot is the it looks really dated. And Scott also being a massive point in that, if you took the name away from it, it would be literally a generic shooter. And I think they've kind of shot themselves in the foot with the direction that they've decided to go with it because they they looked at four and five and they kind of they kind of saw that they were taking the franchise and the series in the wrong direction. So what they wanted to do was kind of so. Th- so I'm not I'm not making this up. Three four three have said this in interviews. They were trying to take it back to kind of the marvel and the wonder that the original Halo created. Uh, I personally think like that's long gone and past now, and they need to like we were saying they needed to do something different. But what they've done instead is the first Halo game. Obviously, there was a lot of wondering what they, what is this Halo? What is this ring? What is this? What is that? No one, you didn't really have anything. Like there was no build up of the character chief, the covenant elite, everything, the wars. So with this uh, Halo Infinite, the the you know it opens up onto the ring, and one of their big things was to kind of make it feel a bit arcadey because the f- first Halo was quite arcadey. It had its own engine. It was a bit janky, and that added to the charm. But that was like what fifteen years ago now. So to try and recapture that to modern standards of what we expect from a triple a game they kind of ended up with this janky in between um basic kind of en- game engine which doesn't really i think do the series justice one of their big points about they were trying to bring back the like the retro charm the halo arcade charm which to an extent they met they might have done they might have accomplished that but the ring that you see him open up into in the trailer that's supposed to be fully explorable and one of their big things is we wanted the ring to be explorable for the first time because you've always looked up at the sky and seen like a sea or a bit of a desert or something but you'll never end up there so if you can really explore the entire ring that would be something pretty special and different yeah, but what- but what you're saying is, and all the, the promotional stuff that they've been talking about, are quite big warning flags in that they're just saying, we just want to recapture what we've done before, which is like, we've been there, we've done that, and it's amazing. Like, the first the first few games are really, really great games, but you like you can go back and you can play those games if you want that experience. So to be like, oh, we're just trying to do what we've done before, but in a bit sort of larger scale is really quite worrying because we've done it. It's not gonna be. It's never gonna have that same impact. You can't go back and just do the same thing, and people will be like, "Oh, this is incredible." 
But especially seeing as they've just released or re-released the Master Chief Collection, and you can literally just go back on any platform now, Xbox or PC, and play the games again. Yeah. In higher resolution. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, we don't we don't need a remake of the first game. We have a remake of the first game. Like, like you're saying, like, oh, it could be pretty special, but to be able to walk around the entire map. But like, aren't you getting a bit fed up with these like these massive worlds? They they they're populated with stuff, but they just feel empty because it is literally just auto-generated stuff, and just feels kind of like you go through it and you can just go through it and completely ignore everything because it doesn't really have any consequence. Like I really like, I really like look like when you're in the Halo games, you look up and you've got the ring, and it's just this incredible expanse. But I'm just, I'm not like, God, I really want to go over there and see what that lake looks like. I wonder, um, I wonder if this, you know, the tips on the hat. A very recent article we've done in remakes versus reboots. Yeah, so I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. So, like James has said, we've we've got the remakes, and as Scott said, this widely available. And if they're trying to recapture like old glories, yes, there's a certain amount of nostalgia and there's going to be a certain amount of the player base that's going to appreciate that. But then I wouldn't even say that this is a 50-50 split this time. I I think a good 65-70% of people weren't impressed with the Halo showing. And they've, they've done some stuff to try and backtrack. You know, it, it was discovered that it was an older version of the game. It wasn't, um, you know, it was like a, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, wasn't it? It's got old. It wasn't. Yeah, but that, that, that kind of annoys me. They've been hyping this game up now for the last year or two. So why, when it came to the big moment of re- reveal, are they showing us old footage? Because they didn't. Because it was the actual footage and they're like, <laughs> oh God, nobody liked this. Let's just tell them it was old and we've actually done a better job already. It's it's a lie. Well, it, yeah, it, give it give it another three weeks now, and there'll be a, a delay. There's it's well, it, it gets worse though, doesn't it? Because it wasn't even running on the Xbox Series X; it was running on PC. Yeah. So it's like, it, does it really belong in a Microsoft Xbox showcase if it's not even running on the system that they're trying to sell us? That's the that's the end point, I think, isn't it? <laughs> well, there's so there's the other stuff we know about it. We don't really know much more about it. Like there's there's been the reveal that the plan is for it to be free to play. Oh, that's the the yeah, the, that's the, the multiplayer. Multi yes. So again, this so this is going to become one of those games which is just absolutely mash full of microtransactions and season passes. And if you want this thing, you've got to pay this, and then you've got to do with these things. I don't I don't think there'll be microtransactions in it because there's they've never had them in Halo, and I think there's, now, there's a law against it now, isn't there? A gambling law. You don't think there's going to be microtransactions in a free-to-play game? But it's not free-to-play because you still have to buy it for the campaign and the normal multiplayer. Yeah, but for the multiplayer, so lots of people aren't gonna, lots of people aren't gonna just aren't gonna buy the campaign. It's like with Warzone, like loads of people have played Warzone um, instead of instead of getting the full game, don't they? But they make their money through payment for like the season passes and the money and the other money inside of it. Yeah, but there's four of us in this. There's, sorry, there's three of us in this chat that all have all play Warzone, but also all three of us have bought the latest Call of Duty as well. Yes, we have. We will we buy Halo. Uh, yeah, but Halo throws in another spanner that works there because it'll be available on Game Pass. Yes, yes, it will. Which means anybody that has Game Pass will automatically get it on day one for no extra cost. Yeah. When you. But when you're releasing a free-to-play title, especially a big one like that, like you're, you're, the, the driving factor is you're banking on people coming through and then spending money on the additional stuff, aren't you? That's well, the we'll have to, to see play. what they do. But like, I, do, I don't think it's going to be like Star Wars Battlefront level of loot boxes. If they're going to do it, I think it'll be a bit more tasteful. No, well, no, no one can do that. Microsoft are going a very different way this generation with how they're making their money. There's a lot of focus going on Game Pass. Yeah, on service, isn't it? Yeah, that's where they're going to make their money. It's getting those those subscription numbers up. I just, I, yeah, and that'll be that'll be fine. I just really hope that they don't introduce the same sort of thing that they have in Warzone, where it's like a lot of content is gated. Even if it's just, even if it's, it's like just things like skins and stuff like that, like it can be frustrating where you can't unlock certain things that you really want in the game unless you drop money on it or like additional payments. And I know this is like an age-old thing now; like it's been going on for a very long time. But it's not something that's really been part of, especially like the classic Halos. Like that was never a thing. Like if you wanted the 
in Halo 3, if you wanted a higher booster armor set, you just had to do the achievements and you worked hard and you got it. Whereas nowadays, if you want a cool skin, you just like pay like nine 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 for it. Okay, so I think I think we I understand I hear what you're saying, but I think we're also completely ignoring something which is quite big that we've all now mentioned in that Halo could be having a battle royale mode. What's that well, gonna look like? What's how I, is that gonna change Halo? Well, you, so you say you might be having a battle royale mode. Like this all comes from that art. It all comes from the I think it was the Japanese was the Japanese Halo site where the genre of the game was listed as battle royale, right? I think there's I think there's been more to it than that because it's supposed. I've seen some other stuff that said, um, it, it wasn't a yes, but it was there'll be a big Halo mode that's not available on launch, a multiplayer mode. But the other thing is they've said they've specifically said like the only BR in Halo Infinite is the battle rifle, right? So it's it would be strange. Like I know obviously people say stuff like that to kind of throw off the trail, but it'd be like they seem very confident that they're not including that in the game. And I don't know why you would, especially with Battle Royale modes being so popular, why would you not promote that if that's your plan? I Yeah, but you say that, but Apex Legends came out of nowhere. Like, no promotion, it just dropped, and then everyone was on it. Like, no one knew that that was coming. They did that yeah, very but, well. Yeah, but yeah, I know, but fair enough. But this isn't Apex, this is Halo. Like, they're trying to hype it up, and they've also had a really negative response to their trailer. So if they're having a Battle Royale mode, which is what is the, it's like the most popular genre of shooter at the moment, really... And if they have that, and then they're not telling us, and they're saying like you specifically know that's not going to be involved, it just seems it would seem a really weird marketing tactic to have that in the bank to be like, yes, it's going to be a Halo Battle Royale mode, and then be like, actually, but just lie about it. Well, maybe you're thinking about it in the wrong way. So you say it's a bad marketing ploy, yeah, and I agree. You know, not not pushing something which will be would be massively popular and a game changer for Halo. Um, but what if they're doing it the other way? Like they've seen the fan feedback, they've seen that. You know we've we've messed this up already and now they're putting that in the back pocket until they fixed what they've already broken so they're going to pull it out and that's going to be like their redemption thing so you think they're trying to throw us off the scent and then get us back hook us back in with a battle royale mode i mean if if it, if it was me and i was at that studio and these kinds of things were on the table that's what i would do is that but like looking at so what we've had so far, right? And is that enough? Is just having a battle royale Halo mode going to be enough to really like get you excited about this game now? Because again, battle royale is nothing new. Like we've got we've had so many already. Like what we're really looking for is something different in this, this game. And like for them to be like, yeah, it's a battle royale mode, and people are just going to be like, oh, another one. Well, it's it's not just going to be a battle royale mode. That's going to be a, a drawing factor for sure. But you've also you've also got some old classics returning, like. You have the split screen returning, which was missing in Halo Guardians, and it's four player co op. I think the campaign online as well. I'm not sure if Guardians was was it? Or was it only two? I honestly can't remember. We can neither confirm nor deny my statement. So let's, probably, let, let's just assume it's, it's correct and move no. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you got some old favorites returning. The, with the split screen and i mean i know i think all of us are past this now maybe maybe one for, uh, for scott's kids actually um would your kids enjoy playing a halo game in split screen mate uh yes my, my son at the moment he's been a big fan of halo he just finished guardians himself mm -hmm. and he enjoys playing split screen if he can sit down and play a game with somebody he absolutely loves it so if they bring this out i guarantee me and him will be sat down and going through the campaign with it Oh yeah, for sure. If they if they bring back local cop, because that's one of the things that Halo is actually really great at that nobody else nobody seems to do anymore is the local cop thing. That nobody and, did it as good as Halo, and Halo is what started it. And yeah, it was emitted from five. But are you saying that would that would hurt you again, James? Local cop. For sure, because there are just the the amount of local cop games available. It's just so unbelievably limited. But something that's really quite an enjoyable experience to get someone around to, like around your house, and you're all playing local co-op together. Like it's a great, it's great fun. That's why games like like systems like the Switch do so well because people love to play like games together. And Halo split, like, Halo split screen was the main reason I bought an Xbox originally. That's what got me onto the platform. Yeah, Halo th Halo Three was what brought me onto Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty because I came through from a PlayStation Two. Yeah, and. Then, 
it was a lot. Of, it was the yeah, it was the cooperative aspect of the game that really kind of hooked me in. And so yeah, if they're bringing that back, and that's going to be a big part of it. Then it's definitely a, it's definitely a selling point, even though it's not a new thing. But it's just I guess it's something that's just kind of missing. And I think that's what I want to see from that's what you want to see from a game like this is like bring something that you don't get from other games. And a great co-op campaign is definitely definitely something we're lacking. So it's not a new thing, but it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Just something different, like something we're not used to in all the other games that we play. Oh, there we go. Then. So we've not just been negative. We've not we've not completely bashed it. We've speculated about a possible battle royale mode, which could be could be big for Halo, but we don't know. It's too early to say. But we've guaranteed we've guaranteed local co op for the campaign. Um, so it's not all bad. Is that is that what we're thinking, boys? It's definitely not going to be all bad. Like it's a Halo series. Like even Guardians, which is, I don't Pants. really enjoy that. It's, yeah, it's not great, but there were still good moments in it. And like, I don't look upon it like as negative as I with other games. Um, and all the other games, I played Halo Four online quite a lot. I really liked. Like Reach wasn't brilliant, but it did have its moments. Especially, I really like the um, the Elite vs Spartan mode. Oh, they brought into you, that. You bump that mode so much. You I always so, mention that. Fun. It's so fun. It's it's like they did with Gears of War, like the the same. Sort yeah, the mode of, um, that they brought in that was really trash. They didn't include it in another game. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh no, that's great fun. It's great fun because it was different. It's a different dynamic. That's what you want. You want to yeah, experience but it was different terrible. things. That's why they didn't continue it, James. Well, no, it's, they just didn't continue anything involved in that game. But that's another story. Now let's not get bogged down with who continued what in what game. And we touched on another terrible franchise, Gears of War. But I think we're saving How Gears of War. Say? <laughs> How dare you? I think we're saving How that for you? another time because me and Sean both dislike Gears of War very strongly and we will argue you... this till we're blue in the face on another episode. That's just because it's the game that I'm better at you than you are, so you hate it. <laughs> oh, you mean like you're English right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so has anyone else got anything to say or are we closing off? I feel like Sean didn't say much on it. I tried at the beginning, but he wasn't having it. <laughs> I really tried. If you, really give us top, if you could give us Go your on. top three points from the Halo trailer, sure, that'd be great. Like a, just a little quick rundown. So I don't know what like any of the terms mean. So like you say open world, what does that mean? So it's a game that doesn't follow a linear path. So a typical old school game would be mission select like one to 12 or whatever and each mission funnels you through this is the bit this is the start this is the end and you have to go get from a to b an open world is um there's a to b but there's like millions of things in between a and b that you can do and just spend your time doing instead of focusing on the main thing so just one run about basically yeah yeah, yeah exactly essentially yeah kind of like how star wars did with its plot or just like real life where you can go where, wherever you want and do whatever you want it's exactly. like and you're not stuck in between like a like a valley and some boulders and some trees that you can't walk through it's the here we go it's the ability to explore sean oh that sounds that is a very romantic notion isn't it oh, it's it's like that, well, that's all he was doing in the trailer right he was just like wandering about and he shot some little things and then he got in a little jeep and that's all you saw really are we talking about um halo or russell crowe <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> Fighting around the world. <laughs> that is a niche reference. Oh, it's a niche reference, but whoever gets it will love it. Not me. <laughs> okay, Sean. So open world, what else have you got for us? I don't have anything, mate. I mean, it will come out. You'll all be really excited, I'm sure. And then, uh, yeah, something else will come out and that'll be it. <laughs> oh, that is deep. <laughs> So pessimistic about video games. Life goes on, eh? I know he doesn't like esports. He doesn't believe in esports either. It's all meaningless, really, isn't it? We're all just anything electronic. Sean's just not. (laughs) Anything that involves batteries or electric, it's just it's just witchcraft. No, he loves Tetris. He does love Tetris. I think the one thing you can say about Halo, although there's a lot of negativity surrounding it now, especially since the trailers releases, everybody still wants it to do well. Oh, you do, don't you? The, the Halo universe, it. yeah, the Halo universe has such a rich lore and backstory. It would be a shame if we didn't get more games. It's, it's just a, it's, it's a classic part of gaming, isn't it? It's one of the really big sort of historic games that's going to go down in history as being 
like a kind of foundation block. Well, like, I, it wouldn't even say go down in history. It has gone down in history. Down, yeah, exactly. yeah. It is. It's a foundation block of modern gaming, and you just. Yeah, do like, you think Xbox would have done so well if it no. didn't have Halo? No, I wouldn't have bought one. I, I wouldn't up, have bought I wouldn't my bought original. Xbox I wouldn't have bought it one. For Halo. It has created. It has definitely led to where Xbox is today. There's no doubt about that. It just, it's but. not. It's not just influenced modern shooters, which is it has beyond all measure. But also, Halo 2's matchmaking system was the first of its kind and has been copied in every decent shooter since. So it literally paved the way for modern shooters today. So that's why I think there's a lot of love for the franchise, and there's a lot of. I wouldn't say there's a cynical thing that people want it to do bad. People are rooting for it, but I think. We're just getting mixed messages from the de- people that are making it because it's not Bungie anymore. It's three four three. Bungie haven't worked on Halo since Reach because they broke off from Microsoft and did Destiny instead. Yeah, so I think we're just gonna have to wait and see how the thing is unfolding in, in a couple of months. I'm really hoping that they do they do a U-turn like what Gears Four did. I'm sure many of you know definitely our scholar over there that the Gears of War Four beta looked extremely cartoony, didn't it, James? And they completely graphics were completely different in the release game. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think the problem I think the big issue with Halo is that we just have some really massive expectations for it because we it's it's so beloved by like the majority of the gaming community that we just want something special that captured us like it did in the old days that's what we want from it we want it to we want to feel like we did when we you know first played like halo like halo 1 halo 2 even halo 3 like we want that back so i think that's it from us guys we have thoroughly shared our disappointment with many franchises with you um we have established sean is the king of tetris and we want a lot more from halo so let's hope Halo delivers in the next few months and we'll do another episode about either how great it is or how disappointing it did turn out to be. And we'll catch you all in the next one.